Welcome to the Ethos Forum podcast, an exploration of leadership in higher education. I'm your host, Mark Douglas. This is episode two of a discussion I had with Professor Saki Pretorius, Deputy Vice-Chancellor of Research at Macquarie University in Australia. I start this conversation by asking Saki to reflect on the challenges of effective engagement between universities and industry partners. I want to move into another direction around industry engagement, really, because I imagine it's a similar story. You can get a company that is the senior level nodding its head and saying, yes, we should work together, but there isn't the opportunity or the desire for individuals between researcher and company to engage. What are some of the challenges that you have seen, Saki, in this industry-university engagement? We don't see a lot of really positive examples. Absolutely. We think of the challenge to just cross disciplinary boundaries, to cross organizational boundaries, but also to cross the boundary between academia and industry is a massive one. And in Australia, I think it's a bigger challenge compared to, let's say, Scandinavia, where you have, first of all, a lot more industries around your university campus but the culture in the Scandinavian countries is also such that industry values PhD qualified people and the input that universities can make and if I say value they are prepared to listen and enter into a dialogue where they make clear what are their requirements because they drive their own bottom line of their organizations, companies, but they do know that the world is changing fast and they have to adapt. And there are some very smart people in the university that can, after a dialogue, offer solutions or directions or help guidance. In the UK or the US, their industry is a lot more open. Germany is another country where they value the input of universities, but there are also a lot more industries. If you're in London compared to Sydney, even if we're fortunate that we do have quite a bit of industries here, it's still not London, it's still not New York. Does that mean that though for some universities then in Australia, their industry engagement strategy merges with their internationalization strategy? I mean, are you looking overseas for your industry engagement? Absolutely. I always look first in the local area, then countrywide for an industry partner. But if an industry partner, for example, and there are some with a view, they pay their company taxes, so research should be for free. Now that is not something that you will hear in Scandinavia or Germany or the UK or the US. People know that there is intellectual property that doesn't have to be a barrier, but needs to be valued. It's not for free. It's not an entitlement. Because you pay your taxes, you get these things for free. The world doesn't work that way. You do find from time to time, even large companies in Australia with that approach to university researchers. But we are at fault too. We sometimes see there's a big company on your campus or next to your campus or in your area. You go there and you go and pitch your best idea that might be a very good idea but not relevant if it's not related to their strategic direction why would they be interested so my approach and the way i work with the team and i always try and go together with them 
to open the doors because not everybody can have that conversation with business people. I go there and our first one or two rounds of conversations are only focused on tell me where are you heading, what are your strategies, what are the impediments for you to realize, what are the risks that you see that you won't be able to achieve your goals. So what you're doing there, Saki, is you're asking questions. You're not actually telling them anything. In the first two rounds of conversations, we never offer anything. We ask questions. And in a way that they don't feel we interrogate them and we're going to take that information away, I make it clear from the beginning. I want to ask questions because we want to work with you on the things that matter to you and see whether there's a good match between our expertise, our academic objectives, and what your requirements are. And if we have to sign an NDA with them, we do that, and we honor that. But the first two rounds of conversation is purely to understand exactly what you need. And often it goes, our third round is what we call a challenge workshop, where we say the industry leaders, if it's more than one company, tell us what do you work on? Slide two, what is the problem? Three, what stops you to solve that problem? Mm-hmm. So it takes 10 minutes and we have a cohort, again, a multidisciplinary audience sitting there, selected by myself normally, where we have social scientists and engineers and mm-hmm. medical people, scientists in the room, and we think what can be the potential solutions, but we don't do it on the spot. We enter in a conversation when they pitch these things. We ask more questions, Mm -hmm. and then the questions come from a broader audience from our university. And then afterwards, we go back, and then we have a university conversation with that. And what I then do, if I see that there is potential that we can come up with projects, I say, all right, I will provide seed funding for the three best project proposals that I can go and propose to our potential partner here. That meets their problem. That meets their problem, but I will resource you because sometimes it is an area where some people first have to get a few more results or do a bit of a literature review before they can come up. You know, it's not exactly in their very specialized area, but it's related enough. And then also to make sure that we have the interdisciplinary input from colleagues. I seed fund that and sometimes the seed funding is short, it's just six months or the seed fund lasts over two years so that we can get some results. But in the meantime, I maintain the conversation with the industry partner and if we come up with the proposals, we put the proposals in front of them and say, but with no dollar request attached to it, we say, would this work for you? This is a good idea, but if you tweak the idea in this way, it will be even better. So they add value they again. They add value. Mm. So as I always say, it's never a relay race mm. where the one passes the baton over from one to another. It's like a soccer match. You pass the ball back and forth in order mm. to move forward. Mm. You have to do that, otherwise you lose interest. So if I say we make mistakes on our side, we often go there with good intentions but also because of the pressures of the corporatized environment in which universities have Mm. to operate these days, you go in there actually to get money. Mm. If that is your key driver, 
you've lost six love before you started. You have to go with a genuine open mind and see how they can do that. You're talking about open-mindedness, but you're also talking about a degree of humility. Yes, absolutely. There are very smart people out there. Mm. They're not sometimes well-trained in the, let's say, the scientific Mm. method. They won't have triplicates in their experiments Mm. that they do there, Mm. but they have very good hunches. Mm. They have a sixth sense of what needs to be done. Mm. If you can translate that and then apply proper scientific method to it and you know you plan your experiments in a very rational way to answer certain specific questions. Well that concludes episode two of our discussion with Saki Pretorius. In our third and final episode we discuss how Saki prioritizes support for emerging research leaders to grow a culture of open-mindedness and leadership across the university.